Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. We are transitioning out of chapter 7. And into chapter 8 today of 2 Corinthians, if you've been joining us, you've been with us as we've gone verse by verse up till this point, and we'll continue on through the rest of the book. If you have missed any of our previous Bible studies, you can catch those on the podcast. If you'll find us striving for revival, the podcast, wherever podcasts can be found, you can subscribe. It's all free, but that will give you access to all of these Bible studies, and all we desire to do is get content to you, and I know some of you, as I travel will tell me you study along with me and you never miss because you have the podcast and if you're a radio listener and haven't gotten that yet i'll encourage you to do so thank you so much for being a listener if it's knvbc or one of our other stations across america that we're blessed to be on i want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to make the Bible a priority. And there's some things you might get too much of, but the Bible's not one of those things. And we need more Bible, not less Bible in these days. We've got to know what the Word of God has to say and what God's thoughts are on the matter. People say all the time, I wish God would speak to me, and He has already in His Word. If you don't crack open your Bible, then you probably won't ever hear the voice of God. But I tell you, read your Bible, and God will speak to you through the pages of His inspired Holy Word. Now, Paul is going to transition in topic as well. He's not going to continue in the uh, in the strict sense the subject from chapter 7. In chapter 8, we get into a new section of this letter, and Paul is referencing the churches of Judea. So Jerusalem and those that are in the vicinity of Jerusalem, and we know those churches had fallen on financial hard times. They were persecuted, pressured, and that church had been um, busted up to some extent because of persecution, and they scattered abroad. People early on in the early stages of the church in Acts chapter uh, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, they, uh, a lot of them gave all that they had. You know, Ananias and Sapphira lied about that, but many genuinely gave all that they had to further the gospel, and uh, they had all things common is the way the Bible puts it. So many of them were poor people, and they didn't have a whole lot of earthly possessions or goods, and so the church has been going through it. Now, some of the believers had moved away because of the persecution. Acts 8 talks about that. Uh, I believe also we can study our Bible and see that I think there was a famine probably in that region during these days as well. So you can understand how extremely difficult it would have been for these people. Now, add to that the fact that the government didn't like them, the religious crowd didn't like them, Jesus had been crucified, and now they're sort of in hiding, underground, public enemies, if you will, plus all of the physical, natural, just worldly hardships that were on these people. So Paul took initiative to organize the churches uh, in the region of Corinth, Greece, other places, and he said, I want to receive a love offering for the churches in Judea. 
Now, we do that today. We find a ministry or a man, a woman who's in need, and oftentimes a, min, a, a, a missionary, whoever it might be, and the church will take a love offering. That's not something that we just conjured up here in the contemporary. That's something that's biblical. We've done that. Uh, Christians have forever. That's just how it is. We should help one another. When there's a need, we should do our best to meet the need. So chapter 8 is Paul reminding the church in Corinth that uh, he's taking up this offering. He's gently nudging them, saying, hey, uh, remember that offering? Maybe you ought to give to that offering. And uh, he's going to use some examples and try to motivate them to be faithful in giving. And so we're going to look at that today, beginning in verse number one. In verse number one, here's what our Bible says. Moreover, brethren, so he's saying, uh, you know, even uh, above what we're talking about, he said, I want you to, I want you to get this. this. This is important. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So the thought here is we want you to understand that God has given grace to the church uh, or churches in the region of Macedonia. God has been good there. And here's how verse number two explains what he means. How that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty. Now that seems like a contradiction. How can you have joy and deep poverty simultaneously? But they did abounded under the riches of their liberality. They were experiencing times of trial and trouble. The churches in Judea were not the only ones facing it, and the churches in Macedonia also. But in trial and trouble, they had joy. Isn't that a blessing? They were poor, yet they gave and it gave them joy. They were poor, yet they sacrificed, and it gave them joy. They did not have much, but what little they have, they offered it to those who had less, and it gave them joy. What a lesson it is in the joy of selflessness, in the joy of sacrificial giving, in the joy of taking what you have and using it for the good of others and the glory of God. Selfish people are miserable people. You want to find the most miserable man or woman in your town? Find someone who's wrapped up in themselves. They don't care about others. They don't look to meet a need. They're only concerned about getting theirs. And I tell you, that's just a miserable individual. But you find someone, you find someone who's a sacrificial, selfless, willing to give without expecting anything in return. And you'll find someone who knows joy, greater joy. I tell you, great joy. Think about it. Jesus had such joy, the joy that was set before him. What was that? The cross of Calvary. Why? Because Jesus saw the cross as the ultimate gift to sinful man. No greater gift has ever been given. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And it gave Christ joy, even the agony, even the suffering. Even, even all of that, that he suffered, the wrath of God on the cross of Calvary, yet he saw it as joy. Why? Because he was fulfilling God's will, and he was giving the ultimate gift to you and to me. I want to challenge you in that. Isn't that an amazing thing? How these folks, these churches, these Christians were just as poor, possibly, as those in Judea, yet they decided to give. They were experiencing, the Bible doesn't say poverty, but deep poverty. It wasn't just that they couldn't afford to buy a new car. It's that they didn't have a car. It's, now I know they didn't have drive cars back then, but you get the illustration. It's not that they just uh, uh, they, they couldn't afford to get the newest pair of Nike tennis shoes. It's that they barely had shoes on their feet at all. If they were lucky, they had shoes. And yet they decided to take what little they had and do a lot with it. Think about it. They did this, the Bible said, abounded under the riches of their 
liberality. So they gave. They gave with, with simplicity, with sincerity and honesty. They gave generously. The churches in Macedonia, that'd be Philippi and Berea and Thessalonica, some other churches. So Paul doesn't tell us what the difficulty was because he's not trying to talk to us a little bit about affliction in this sense. But the fact that they were blessed because they were selfless and they sacrificially gave to be a blessing to other people. Verse 3, for their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing themselves. So he said they didn't just give what they had. They scraped below the bottom of the barrel and were willing to even go further than what they thought was possible. That's an awesome thing right there. I wonder how many churches have been built and missions have been established and families have been fed and backs have been clothed and people have been helped because of someone who did not have much, used their little, gave it to God, and God did a lot with it. I think about that little boy in the New Testament with his little lunch pail and how he gave it to Christ. It was just a little lad with a little lunch until he gave it to the Lord. And then Jesus fed the multitude with it. A lot of folks got blessed by that little boy's little lunch. It's like the song, little is much when God is in it. Little is much when you give it to God. And so here's these people, these churches of Macedonia, these many different local churches that were poor, and not just poor, but in deep poverty. Yet they understood this world is not our home. Life is not about gain. It's about God. It's not about riches. It's not about possessions. It's not in houses or in lands. It is about pleasing the Lord. How do we please the Lord? By letting the mind of Christ be in us who humbled himself and became a servant. And here they serve in the utmost capacity by taking what they had and blessing the people in Judea. And I want to challenge you. You say, well, there's just certain seasons of the year where we're more giving than others. It ought not be that way for a Christian. 365 days a year, every hour on the face of the clock, every day on the calendar page, you and I ought to be willing, no matter if it be deep of poverty, deep poverty rather, or a great trial of affliction, we ought to be able to give liberally. You say, I want joy, then be a giver. That's all of our time for today. I pray you'll join us next broadcast. Until then, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.